0: Hello, everyone. Let's get started with Unit 1, Basic Fishing. I've always thought that a good place to start when learning about fishing is actually with the fish. So that's what we're going to talk about in this lesson. First, I'd like to direct your attention to this illustration by Larry Topol. He has been a wildlife illustrator, photographer, photographer painter for, I don't know, 40 years or so, and I have uh, ripped off many of his slides from the internet and posted them uh, throughout this class just for your appreciation. If you've read any outdoor Life, field and stream magazines over the years, I'm sure you've come across his illustrations. He's credited with Being the man who has spent most time underwater filming and photographing freshwater fish. So his illustrations are incredibly realistic, incredibly accurate. I hope you appreciate them as they come by. So let's go ahead and get started is a, a largemouth bass and a very typical um, freshwater species. In fact, one of the most popular freshwater species. And if we look at the anatomy of the largemouth, the first thing we notice up here are the dorsal fins. And largemouth bass are a little unique in which they have both a hard dorsal fin, that's these, these spines sticking up right here. There. They're actually quite hard and then a the soft dorsal fin back here this is more feathery you can like bend it over um, it's just a unique characteristic of, of the largemouth bass what's the purpose of a dorsal fin up here well it's vertical stabilization think of it kind of as the the vertical stabilizer on an aircraft it, it, it keeps the fish, vertical it doesn't allow to flop over one way or the other if we come right back here we've got the the coddle fin and you could use tail fin if it ever should happen to show up on a test or quiz or anything like that Um, the, the, the coddle fins purpose is just pure locomotion this is how the fish moves through the water fish really only have a forward motion they don't have a reverse gear so to speak so this is for forward uh, propulsion and if we continue right along we get to the anal fin and again this is a soft fin uh, these uh, uh, spines are, are pretty pliable uh, again the purpose of the, uh, the anal fin in conjunction with the, the uh, dorsal fin is vertical stabilization and if we move forward underneath we come to the pelvic fin right here. These are maneuvering fins. This allows the fish to fine tune its its maneuvering whenever it's coming in to eat something. Um, I have watched bluegill come up and inspect a fly using the pectoral fin and the the pelvic fin i have watched bluegill literally do do a 360 around the fly inspecting it uh, before they take it this just allows very very fine uh, maneuvering control uh, for the fish This is the pelvic down here. And if you think about it, you know, we have a pelvic girdle and it is below our pectoral muscles, which are up on the on the chest. Um, So just if you keep that in mind, I, I don't think you'll get those confused. Of course, over here we have the gill cover, uh, we have an eye, uh, the mouth, um, and the last thing up here is the the lateral line. The lateral line, we're going to talk about more in just a few minutes, but it's a, a sensory organ that allows the fish to locate uh, food. Don't confuse the lateral line with these scale stripings right down here. They're, they're not Always the same uh, on all fish. So uh, the last thing I'd like to point out is um, something we can't see in this illustration, but that's the mucus layer. The mucus layer is literally that. It's it's slime on the fish. If you've caught a fish, you've experienced the mucus layer. Um, its purpose is to protect the fish from parasites. It, it's kind of the uh, the force field uh, for the fish. There, there's a lot of um, uh, parasites that can can get into the uh, a fish. If anyone who's ever kept aquarium fish may have come across the dreaded uh, condition called ick, which is short for a great big long scientific medical term that i can't even begin to pronounce um but it is a is a parasite that gets into aquariums and it uh, attacks a fish and it, basically it turns them white and in this fungal growth and it's um it's it's gross and it kills the fish and then you have a screaming four-year-old daughter you know wondering why thumper's not moving and swimming around in the in the in the tank internally we can take a look at uh, uh the fish and see what similarities we share with them and what differences we have we can see all the fins that we've just talked about the the, the dorsal fin the tail fin the anal fin and the, uh, the pelvic fin. Um, we've got a brain up here, uh, quite small for, for fish, uh, spinal cord, uh, muscle groups throughout the body. Uh, internal organs you know consist of what we would expect: um, uh, kidney, uh, ovaries, you know stomach, esophagus, uh, heart, mm, no lungs yeah that's something that is much different in fish Uh, instead they have the 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 gills and they really function very similar to to our lungs you know our lungs are are contained in our body Uh, they're made up of of, think of them almost as as bushes uh, in in our body and at the end of these bushes are little buds uh, that that Allow for the the transfer of of oxygen uh, between the the air and 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 the bloodstream um, the gills are functioning exactly the same way except being contained inside of her body. These gills are kind of exposed you know almost to the to the elements in in water so that the water can pass over those those um, uh, a villi and exchange make that exchange between the the oxygen and the and the blood Um, the other thing you may have noticed on here is a swim bladder and anyone who has caught a fish and cleaned a fish has probably uh, seen the, the, the swim bladder. And okay, yeah, if you're a five-year-old kid, you're, you're, you're playing with the swim bladder. I, I, I know you're doing that. Uh, the swim bladder allows the fish to control its, its depth. It can uh, come up to the surface by deflating the swim bladder or inflating the swim bladder, and it can descend into the depths by uh, deflating the swim bladder. The swim bladder changes the, the buoyancy. Uh, of of the fish, the sensory organ that we talked about just a few moments ago, the lateral line. This is an an internal organ. You can, on some species, see you know indications of where it is. On so largemouth bass, it's up above the um, the, the scale stripe. Uh, this is a, a mucus filled organ. It's it's an organ just like you know, what we talked about. And it has thousands of little nerve cells in it. And these nerve cells can detect vibration. And if a fish is swimming about and it picks up a disturbance from some distance away, it can start to fine-tune the exact location of that disturbance using the lateral line the long-range sensor of a fish so to speak is the ear which is located right up in in here the ear functions kind of similarly to the human ear in that it detects variations of, of pressure um, that's the long-range sensor. The near-range sensor is the lateral line. This is what allows a fish to eat. It can pick up a uh, a thrashing, a bubbles, uh, some type of of, of, of disturbance, uh, using the ear from long distance swim in that general direction but it's going to the fish is going to start using the lateral line to really fine tune where that's coming since the lateral line is on both sides of the fish it can simply turn from one side to the other kind of like what we do with our 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 hearing our ears and detect range and bearing and then zero in in on on the uh uh, on its next meal if you're out in a metal boat and you drop a a hard-bodied lure into the bottom of the boat and it clanks you've just told every fish in the lake exactly where you are if you're fishing from shore and there's gravel on the shoreline and you're crunching through that uh, with each step you're telling the fish in the stream exactly or the lake exactly where you are the sound travels um, through the ground and out into the water if you're um, uh, walking a trail along a stream and you're tripping over sticks and and rocks and kind of stumbling and you're heavy-footed you're telling the fish exactly where you are so One principle in considering to consider while you're fishing is that change the verb from fishing to hunting. Because in essence, that's what we're going to do is we're going to hunt for fish. Captain, long-range sensors are picking up transwarp signatures. 5.8 light years distant, closing from behind. Red alert. Fish can see? Not terribly well. And the comfort of the fish has a lot to do with sunlight. And fish don't have eyelids. Fish also can't dilate or constrict their pupils. So this is totally unlike uh, we humans. On a really bright sunny day, we can use our eyelids and squint to cut down on the amount of light and our pupils are constricting, getting much smaller to reduce the amount of light coming into the eye so that we're more comfortable, and it also protects the eye. Uh, In in dark conditions, that, that pupil dilates and gets really big so that it can gather in more light so that we can see a little better in the dark. Fish can't do this. The only way that they can control the amount of light coming into their eyes is by either seeking shade, like under a boat dock, an anchored boat, a tree that has fallen in the water, someplace where it can get up and under something in the shade to shield its eyes from the direct rays of the sun, or it can go deep. As it goes deeper into the water, the water column starts to absorb the energy of the sun, and it gets um, much more comfortable for fish. So that's something that we'll talk about more, uh, I think, in lesson in Unit 3, about how sunlight really affects fish and how we can use that to help determine uh, where fish may be.